That's what I said. Oh, chocolate rain. Good reference. Yeah. Do you think everyone will get that? Or yeah, no? I'm sure they will. Yeah. It's all, it's a very millennial uh-huh. podcast. That's very true. Hello and welcome to Love Drunk. Howdy. Hi, I am your host, Charlotte Rose. I am here with Mr. Ross Clark. Mr. Ross Clark is my father. They call me <laughs> Ross Clark. This is just regular Ross Clark. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'm really excited about Ross being on the show. We actually mentioned you twice in my episode yeah. with Natalie. Did, did Natalie tell you that, so like the first time y'all mentioned me was about, uh, the Kieran Ichiban. Mm-hmm. I like, I was listening in my car and I like rewound it to listen to her <laughs> say my name again. I was like, yes. That is amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you for bringing Kieran Ichiban into our lives mm. because we really, really do love it. Um, but Hey, speaking of alcohol, here on Love Drunk, we do allow the guests to pick the poison, and anything is on the table except for... Absolutely no gin! That's right! We do not drink gin here on Love Drunk. If you want to drink gin on a podcast, then start your own podcast. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. I think that that's pretty fair. You get to make the rules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I do have three rules on Love Drunk. First rule, absolutely no gin. Mm-hmm. Second rule, no apologies. Oh, that's going to be tough. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone (laughs) says that. I have a lot of really apologetic friends, I guess. We're all very empathetic and sweet and nice and good. Yeah. And then the third rule is ABCD, always be consuming consuming drinks. drinks. Yes. (laughs) This is funny. I've been listening. You've been listening. This is, uh, I think this is the first pod we're recording after I've started releasing them. It's like self-referential. Yeah, exactly. So this is is making me feel pretty good. Yeah, it's a good pod. Oh, love drunk number one fan. Uh, But Ross, what are we drinking tonight? Okay, so we're drinking Tiger's Bloods, which I had to, uh, like, twist out of a bartender in Austin. Um, so at Easy Tiger, which is, you know Easy Tiger? Downtown yeah, on 6th yeah Street? I love Easy Tiger. So I used to get these all the time there. It was their mm-hmm. house drink, Tiger's Blood. And then one day I went, and they're like, oh, we don't serve that anymore. And I was like, can I get the recipe? And they're like, we don't give out recipes for house drinks. And I'm like, you don't serve it anymore. Give me the recipe. So I had to, like, talk to the dude for 10 <laughs> minutes. But, so it's... it's um. Half a shot of um, Aperol, which is like a citrus liqueur. Half mm-hmm. a shot of Demi wine, which I don't really know what it is. Uh, a muddled lime, which is like a quarter of lime squeezed out and then put in there. A bunch of ice and then like blonde ale. It's supposed to be the Fireman's Four, but you can't get Fireman's Four in Los Angeles. Honestly, so. the saddest part of yeah. my existence. I actually looked it up once and I was like, Fireman's Four near me. And um, the closest place to get Fireman's Four was like 30 miles away. Oh, oh, it's only 30 miles? I would do that drive. We should. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's let's go and drink about <laughs> more. All right, we're making this plan right here. Yeah. Uh, I, when I was home for Christmas, I... Uh, and, like, every... No one in my family really drinks. Like, mm-hmm. if we... My sister and I, if we go out, like, we'll have a margarita or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But no one... Um, we never really had alcohol in my house growing up. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. Like, every once in a while, my mom would get... Uh, my mom or dad would get, like, beer or wine for a mm-hmm. special occasion. But we did not have liquor in the house growing up. They just didn't really care for it. Like, it, we were never That's a drinking family. Uh, and so sometimes it feels weird for me to, you know, come home and, and be and like... just have it. Yeah, exactly. And so I came home for Christmas and I 
went to the store with my mom and I saw Fireman's Four and I just remembered how much I loved that mm-hmm. was my go-to beer in Austin and I had missed it so much and I bought myself a six pack and yeah. I was like hey I just like I'm gonna be drinking these <laughs> like, I'm, like, an adult, I'm, please. I'm sorry cool. and my mom was my mom was totally fine with it she was very cool but that was kind of like a funny sort of like hello I am an adult and I'm going to drink these yeah, adult yeah. beverages and like after dinner I just pop a Fireman's Four and just drink them <laughs> That's funny because, like, even like I grew up. My parents are both from Scotland. I'm technically from Scotland too, but like you can kind of hear it in the accent a little. Everyone tells me I'm Canadian, which is (gasps) funny. That's like what I get all the time. Uh huh. But it's it's funny because you don't have a a super strong Scottish accent, but there are certain words. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was like in when I was a little kid, um, growing up, I like just was like, oh, I'll just like be American and like Mm -hmm. have an American accent now. Mm -hmm. So then when I went to college, I was like, I'm gonna be the real me. And I, like, tried to, like... Because when I talk to my mom, it's just supernatural and it just happens. Yeah. But um, I was like, I'm going to force it out talking to other Americans. And my brain, like, wouldn't let me. So it became this weird, like, half and half. And everyone's yeah. like, are you from Canada? You say a boot instead of about. And I'm like, no. Um, do you know John Barrowman? He's uh, an actor. No. Okay. So he's an actor. And he has a very authentic American-sounding accent. But yeah. he was... He's Scottish. <clears throat> He's from Scotland, and the funny thing is that he's like, when I talk to my parents and my sister, it is full-blown yeah. Scottish accent. Full-blown, straight-up Scottish yeah. accent. But then when he talks to anyone else, mm-hmm. it's very, very American. And it was because when he was a kid, I think I think he's from, like, Florida. They moved when he was younger. I think he went to school in Florida, but uh, kids used to make fun of him for his yeah, accent. Yeah, it, it was the same thing. Oh, I grew, so And it's weird, because I, I grew up in Virginia, which, like, has, like, sort of a strong accent, and then mm-hmm. I went to college in texas and then i came out here so it's like a weird mishmash of yeah so many different a lot of things. really really a lot of people used to it's so funny because a lot of people when i lived in texas people would ask me where i was from because they didn't think that they i grew sounded from, like, yeah they didn't you think grew up I, in dallas right yeah um i i was born in washington moved to Carrollton, texas mm. For lived in Washington for the first eight months of my life. Don't remember that at all hmm. moved to Carrollton for maybe like 15 months and then uh, moved to Connecticut and oh, Connecticut wow. is where like my earliest childhood oh, okay. memories are I didn't know that yeah but uh, we moved to Austin or we not in Austin well we moved to the Dallas you area wish. I wish oh god <laughs> growing up in Austin would have been amazing um, we moved to the Dallas area when I was five and yeah. so that was pretty much like I, I'd say I'm from Texas I feel like a very, I have a lot of Texas pride I yeah. feel like I'm from Texas so it's funny because a lot of people in Texas didn't think I was from Texas but out here, people yeah. will point out how Southern I sound, yeah, yeah. and it doesn't help that I've noticed through different jobs that I've done that uh, when I get nervous, I sound more Southern, and I think it's a defense <laughs> mechanism, because I'm like, I'm just a sweet Southern girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, I, I lean heavy on the, y'all, or what do you need, or, you know, like, I, I just get very, very Southern, and then people will ask me questions, and then I get more nervous, and then I get more Southern, so yeah. it's just a vicious Vicious cycle. cycle. Yeah, it's a yeah. cycle. I, I only realized when I came out here that I say howdy all the time. <laughs> and people really notice it. I've never They're been like, a... Howdy? And I'm like, I've never yeah. been a howdy. Aaron's a howdy. He I'm a howdy and that. I'm a y'all. I'm very strong y'all. So I'll be like, hey y'all. And a spe- oh, it didn't... I worked at a restaurant in downtown Austin. It was a very touristy place too. Mm-hmm. And um, there were people who worked there who are from New Jersey, yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah. And they would still say it. Yeah, and they and uh, I think the best example, one of the girls who worked there, Shelby, 
I think she's from the Northeast or something, but she said something like, hey, we have people from New Jersey that say, hey, y'all, because everyone here eats that up. Like, yeah, they yeah, eat yeah. it up. So I kind of put on the, hey, y'all, uh, <laughs> when yeah. I'm feeling a little nervous. Um, so I'm really excited to have you on the show because this is the first episode yeah. where I don't really, I don't really know your romantic history. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about Tim. I'm a little nervous because I've never had anyone like give me like an actual like interview mm-hmm. on this. But, yeah. Because when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, this is cool. It's friends talking mm-hmm. about like you can tell there's a lot of like. Not necessarily inside jokes, but, like, you already know sort of the yeah. points that you're reaching at. Like, oh, remember that person? But mm. it's not going to be like that for it's us. It's not going to be like that. It's it's all brand new. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, admittedly, though, sometimes when I record these episodes, uh, I don't remember part of them. Because <laughs> That's the move. depending on the alcohol, uh, editing the four loco episode was very funny. Because once I got about 45 minutes in, I was like, cool, I don't remember you're the rest like, of this. This is all new. This is all brand new. <laughs> What's going to happen? Yeah. Uh, so I did... I did... Uh, prepare a few questions for oh, you. Great. Rapid fire. Just oh, no. to kind of get it all started. Okay. Don't think, just answer, you That's know, impossible. first answer that comes to a lot of it is factual. So okay. you, yeah, you yeah. can I actually can... answer these. <clears throat> One, the a couple of these you might have to think about a little bit. But okay. just, but just try to answer as quickly as you can. We're just it's just a handful of questions. Okay. Okay, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. How old were you when you had your first kiss? Um fifteen, cool. I think. How old were you when you had your first girlfriend? Uh, mm, probably, it was in middle school, technically, so like, uh, okay. 12, or, or, yeah, 12, I 12? guess. 12, okay. Uh, longest relationship you've ever had? Um, just a hair under two years. Okay, weirdest place you've ever made out and or hooked up with someone? The back of my car in a parking lot, uh, at like 2 a.m. after prom. Nice. Classic. Uh, and if you could give your... Let's say 15-year-old self, one piece of advice about girls, what would it be? Just treat them like normal people. They're just as afraid of you as you are of them. <laughs> that is great. That's pretty good advice. Mm-hmm. That's that's very good yeah. advice. I, yeah, why, why are we so afraid of each other? Like, boys and girls. What, and especially, and you know, this is maybe heteronormative, but you know, it's, why, so let's just say, why are people, people so afraid, afraid of other of people, other people well, when they find them attractive? Or... So it, it's interesting you bring up the heteronormative thing because mm-hmm. I think there's more fear with someone you don't understand. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I can think of what a guy is thinking approximately. Like, oh, that's what I would do in that situation. He's a guy. We've had a very okay. similar upbringing. But a girl, especially when you're younger, you, it's, you just don't know. Foreign like, territory. It's totally different. Mm-hmm. Like they're on a different speed than you. Not ne- not necessarily faster or slower, just different. Mm-hmm. And that's that's sort of my thing is like a lot of people would be like, oh, girls have it easier, guys have it easier. I don't think that's true. I think it's we have it very different and there are extreme challenges for both parts and right. and uh, both groups have it easier in some respects. And mm-hmm. But that all mixes into we both got it tough and yeah. we should be more chill about it than yeah. we are right now. I think that um, <laughs> I know for me personally, and I've talked about this before, where I really didn't go on um, like Bumble dates. I really haven't been on that many dates at mm-hmm. all in my life. Uh, oh, I get you there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, high five away from the mic. 
Boom. Soft high five. Um, Very so, the softest. Soft sticks. Um, anyway. Ooh. <laughs> Film reference. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, I haven't really been on that many dates. So I remember, and every date is kind of nerve-wracking if you don't really know the person that well. If it's a first date. Yeah, definitely Every first, first date. date gives you anxiety. But for me... The first time I went on a Bumble date, I was a wreck. Like, I... Oh, my gosh. Because it's also a strange thing where this isn't someone that you've met in person. You don't really know how they talk, how they sound, how they interact with other people. And that's kind of why I hate dating apps, Mm -hmm. in a way, because it's so hard to kind of get a good idea of people. Of of the real person. Exactly. And I have been on a couple dates where, you know, they just seemed very different from how they presented themselves via this app or text message or whatever. Um, But I was like, so I'm going to go, I'm just going to go to this bar and yeah. meet up with a stranger that I've only seen in pictures. Yeah. Like that's crazy to me. Um, so yeah, I think that apps are apps are tough. Terrifying. Yeah. yeah. I I've had experiences like that. Not even not even getting to the date aspect, but like I've had experiences where I've matched with people on Bumble, we'll have a great conversation. I'm like, oh, this girl's really interesting. And then she'll be like, hey, like, give me your Facebook and we'll we'll talk on Facebook Messenger. Which mm-hmm. I get because maybe they don't want to give me their number yet. Yeah, because so, also for girls, there's an extra kind of layer of security where oh, you're yeah, sort of that's, like, gotta that, make sure you're not yeah, crazy first. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, but yeah, so you'll go onto Facebook and be like, oh, that's great. And then, so I have a specific example where matched on Bumble, it was all kosher, talked on Facebook. I looked at her Facebook profile, it was really good. And then she like, a couple of days later, she matched me from her Instagram and her Instagram was, like, so much less curated than the other two. And I went through and I was like, this is a completely <gasps> different person really? than I was talking to. Yeah. And it was, like, I don't know if it was, like, she needed to keep, like, her two vibes separate or whatever. Mm. But it got to the point where, like, I was looking through her Instagram and I was like, I don't want to go on a date with this person. Like, the person she's presenting to her friends on her mm-hmm. Instagram is so different. How How so? It was like like her. She was very like um, on her Bumble and her Facebook. It was very like oh, I'm like a a professional. I'm really interested in this and that. And like very like uh, super into like um, like outdoorsy stuff and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then when I got to her Instagram, it was like yeah, I just like to like lay in bed and smoke weed all day. Which is oh. like which is I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Right? Yeah, I'm not of saying course. I, I don't ever you know occasionally mm-hmm. partake. Sneak but it was you. literally like everything. It, it was like smoke weed 420 every day, and I was like. This is not this is not the vibe I'm on. Yeah. Yeah. And then I felt really bad because we had like set up a date and then she had gone on that <gasps> instant. You canceled the date. I did, but so we had we had we had bought tickets to a thing. <gasps> where Ross! Okay, no, 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 no. Okay, so <laughs> Sorry, I'm not I'll let you, I I'll let you I end up ba- like I feel bad about this, but okay. I think I handled it as well as I could. So we'd set up a date and then she messaged me on Insta asking me for pictures mm. and i was like one too much cool it off to this instagram account you messaged me from completely different than the other person i was talking whoa, whoa, to whoa whoa <laughs> wait <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> she asked you for pictures i mentioned that i um I was going to a work function, okay, and I, I had to wear a suit, mm-hmm. and everything she messaged me was very casual, like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, it's nice to meet you, and this was like, send me some of those sexy suit pics, boy, and I was like, 
uh, don't really want to do that. Okay. It was kind of, yeah, it wasn't. Okay, I straight up was like, I thought she asked you for a dick pic. Well, I I felt like it was on that train. Gotcha. Which, and I'll get back to this, but interestingly (laughs) enough, my uh, Bumble profile's mentioned that I'm from Scotland. Yeah, I know, because we wrote it. Yeah, oh yeah. We'll (laughs) We'll get to that too. (laughs) Uh, But uh, uh, remind me about uh, the picture, the, uh, messages about the accent that i've okay okay um okay oh yeah they're good um but anyway so i so she had bought um two tickets to um the zoo the la zoo does like a lights thing in the winter where it's like oh walk and see the lights and it was like 10 bucks each Mm -hmm. so she had bought them and i had venmoed her for half and i just um i saw this other insta and i felt so bad because i talked to her so much so i just sent her another instagram being like hey like I gilded the truth a little where I was like, hey, you know, I just got out of a serious relationship. I don't know if I'm ready. This is moving a little too fast for me, mm-hmm. but you're super great. Like, I'm sorry that I, that if I made you feel bad, you know, make, make yeah. it feel nice. It's, it's, it's impolite to be like, I don't like that you literally smoke weed every day. Mm-hmm. So, or yeah. So, um, and then I sent her the other, the co- the Venmo for the other ticket. So basically I bought two tickets for this thing. Oh. And I was like, you should like take a friend to this. Have a good time. Bye. Oh my God. That's actually, okay. If well, you had to cancel, that was a very yeah, nice it was way like, to do it. Yeah. I felt bad because it's like she bought a ticket, I bought a ticket, but she had them both. Mm. And I was like, I don't want to put her out for a ticket that she wasn't going to buy. So I'll do this. It was like 10 bucks for peace of mind. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. So we mentioned earlier about your Bumble profile. Yes, yes, And yes, how, yes. Uh, so Natalie and I... Y'all were my Bumble doctors. Yes, we were. We kind of, not fixed it, but we, as, as late... <laughs> well, okay, so so here's the interesting thing. Uh-huh. Why do you think it's so common for women to fix men's Bumble profiles and not the other way around? Because... Uh, because women are nicer and better. I mean, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> Solved. It's well, no. So, so what were you gonna say about it? What do you think? I don't know. I guess it's um, online dating is a lot of men trying to attract women. Okay. And so it's better for a woman to give advice on a man's profile. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Do you, Do you think more men? This, I mean, this is probably a statistic I could look up if I wanted to, but I haven't, and also we've been drinking a little bit. So mm-hmm. we're going to we're gonna save that for later, but do you think that men use online dating profiles more often than women do? Oh, I know statistically that's true, because when I started using Bumble, mm-hmm. I got really interested and into it, so okay. I, would, I did a lot of reading on it, and I know that almost every dating profile is, or dating um, app or whatever, mm-hmm. there are more men on it than women. Okay. So it, it becomes like a uh, like a market of men trying to pitch themselves to women rather than the other way around. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, here's a question I have for you. So mm. I, I have a Bumble and I have noticed sometimes that this pops up and I want to know if it, because I've never seen the girl, well I've, I've seen it through other people's, mm-hmm. but... I haven't really like looked in depth into girls' profiles. Mm-hmm. Do you ever come across women saying, "I'm in LA for a week. I'm in LA for a couple of days." Yes, yes? I get that. Okay, yeah. cool. Where it's like just here for a couple of days. Also, but what I what I come across more often, which is people that say that, but they haven't updated it. So, right. so like I'll be in LA and it's like I'm in Seattle for a week, and it's like, no, you're not. You're here. You're <laughs> you gotta be here. on that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I I. <laughs> I don't know if I actually, I don't think I actually really wanted to, like, hook up with anybody, but I was in Austin 
for almost a week uh, filming a short film. And I did re-download Bumble because I had deleted it. And I re-downloaded it. And it was also ACL weekend. So I kind of just wanted to see, like, who was there. Who was there. Yeah, like, yeah. who was around. So I was sort of shuffling through. And I changed it, like, in L.A. Or, like, from L.A. Uh, in Austin for a week trying to get my fill of Mexican uh, martinis and queso. And <laughs> but I, I I'm not kidding. Like, touch down in L.A. went back and changed my profile. And that might also be because I mentioned this in... Uh, my episode with Chance that I had also made the decision that I wanted to actively like. Oh try yeah, to I remember that people. you were yeah. like, I'm downloading it, so when I go back, yeah, I'll already be exactly. Used so, it. um, so maybe that's why I changed it so quickly. But like, you gotta, you gotta hop on yeah. that. You can't leave old shit on your Bumble. Well, the thing that's crazy to me is like, you know, uh, I got friends that live in Seattle, friends mm-hmm. that live in Austin, friends that live on the East Coast. So I'll try. Ross has a lot of friends. Yeah, please, please believe me. Yeah, he has so many friends, guys. You more would than not five, even I swear believe. To God. Um, more than maybe even more than like seven, honestly. Mm, if we're really thinking about it, let's not get those numbers too high. <laughs> um, but like, so one of my my one of my best friends, other than Aaron Anthony, mm-hmm. um, lives up in Seattle. So I went to visit him uh, a couple months ago, last winter. And like, it's interesting that like I thought about this because the concept of like opening my Bumble and updating it for another city, I'm like, that just seems like so much work. I'm already like on a vacation, like visiting someone. I gotta throw this into the mix. It just seems like so much more work to yeah, me. Yeah, I get that. Because it's like I, I'm not, you know, I'm li- I'm staying with this with my buddy. Like I don't know the logistics. Well, that's why I don't like understand. Because I'll go through and I'll see guys' profiles that are like in LA for three days. I'm like, you're in LA for three days yeah. and you're trying to fuck. Like what? Like do you have time for this? Like if you're on a like I don't know if it's a vacation, I get that. Yeah. But usually these couple day trips are. And I always swipe, obviously I swipe left on those because I'm looking for something. Yeah, so, oh, you know, I'm and the same. And, yeah. I, and, you know, no disrespect to people yeah, yeah, who are just trying to hook up. But yeah. that just, see, I feel like I'd get overwhelmed. Like if I was in a city for three days, I had to navigate the city, I had to do whatever I was doing, and then also like trying to hook up with someone. Yeah, like that is so much work. work. Well, well what, what I'm interested in is like, so I think it's fair to say in general, women get more matches than men. You think that's you think that's a fair I would say that's fair. From what I have uh discussed with my male friends, mm-hmm. I would say that that is yeah. fair. So from my experience like uh like ladies I know will get a lot of matches to the point where they're like, "Oh, like I have to go through these matches." Mm-hmm. For most guys I know, not the case. Well, and it's funny because really quick, um I went to a sketch comedy show in Hollywood and mm-hmm. I also just so you know, if you don't live in Los Angeles, um, it's kind of hard to get from point A to point B. Oh my god! So in Austin, I would say my range of Bumble was like twenty miles. Ooh. In LA, it's five miles. Yeah, mine's like where seven. I live, mine's seven. Absolutely. I nice yeah, because I don't want to, and and I honestly don't check it when I go anywhere else because of that range. Like if I'm working a temp job in. Uh, uh, Playa Vista. I don't want to see who lives in Playa Vista. Like, I want to see who's okay. near me in Studio City. Okay, so I want to finish my point in the remaining, yes, and then okay, I want to make okay. another We're point real quick okay. about specifically that. So, like, I can't imagine, like, I literally cannot conceive of being a guy that's, like, so attractive and popular that they're like, within three days, I'm just going to get so many matches that I'll have to, like, pick from, like, when I'm in this other city. Like, that's insane to uh-huh. me. Because, like, when I, when I was, like, on Bumble and all, on all the sites, I get, like, 
like one or two a week and I'd be like, oh, okay, like I'm into this person, I'm into this person, I message some of them and it would either fizzle out or we'd go mm-hmm. on a date or whatever. But the fact that you're like, oh, I know within these three days, like it's worth my time to like update my profile. That's crazy to me. <laughs> so I don't know if it's just these guys that are like super like confident and mm-hmm. really like um, attractive to women or it's yeah. people that are being like, please, I cannot like... <laughs> They're just addicted and they're like, I need right. to do it. It's like, oh, um, who knows? Who's going to see me? Okay, so my other point, I yes. thought about this when I was, because um, when you start Bumble, it's like, how far? And at first I'd, I'd do the thing of like 20 miles and then I would match with people like in like Playa del Rey or something and I'd be like, I'm not. It not doesn't. It doesn't. Okay. Excuse me. It doesn't work for LA. Tell me if you agree with this statement. Okay. People who minimize their Bumble profile distance or dating profile distance for convenience don't believe in true love <laughs> because if it's your true love you would go any distance for that them. is a hard opinion <laughs> on love i love it um so here's here's me you know maybe maybe yes or- because i have so i have limited mine to five miles uh for a couple reasons I don't like driving. I get First of all, I, I don't like it. driving. I've never, even in Austin, when driving was incredibly easy. Let me let me change that slightly to okay. people that lower their bumble distance to what's convenient for them don't believe in the one. I just don't think that I'm going to find the one on Bumble. Okay, that I think that's a completely different way to look at it, and that's totally valid. I think um, so. When I first made my Bumble. So you believe in the one. I think that's the bigger question. Ooh, you know what? That's a really, really good question. I, damn, Ross came to this podcast. I've been listening to the episodes. (laughs) I listen to them at the gym when I run. Oh my God, I'm going to get you a shirt that's like, Love Dog Super (laughs) Fan or something. I will Uh, wear that. It's... It's oh, it's complicated, and it's funny because you listen to Natalie's episode, so you know that she doesn't necessarily believe in like soulmates. And I was when I listened to Natalie's episode, I was like, preach! Like mm-hmm. I feel the same way. I think it is. I think the person you end up with, and you think everything's working perfect with, that's the one for you. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm not really like a super religious or super spiritual person. I'm like, the universe is doing its thing. I'm doing my thing. If we come together, that's great. If not. Um, it's gonna. I'm gonna have a bad time. But so, so here's out. what I where I come from, and we're gonna get real here for just a second. But uh, my parents got married when they were 18. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious because when I was a child, I thought everyone got married when they were 18. Completely agree. Yes. Yeah. So my parents met seniors in high school at. And they met in Long Beach, actually. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been to their high school to kind of. She, my mom drove me through this yeah, area, yeah. and she's like, "That's where I met your dad." Uh, which is just a really oh, cool where they, experience. Where did they meet? Um, it was outside in like this courtyard because it was. <laughs> so they did like I think it was maybe a student council thing or something like that, where uh, all these girls made box lunches and the boys would bid on the box lunches and if you won the box lunch, then you got to eat with the girl as well. Aww. So. My dad grew up incredibly poor, youngest of five boys, very, very poor. And my mom made this amazing box lunch of like mashed potatoes and fried chicken and like all this amazing stuff. And my dad bit on it and he was the only one who bit on it. And she actually looked around and was like, really? No No one one else? else No one else? And kind of embarrassed him. And I, 
laughed at that. I said, why did no one else bid on your box? And she goes, because if anyone else had bid, he wouldn't have been able to outbid them. He didn't have the money. So it was meant to be. And they had lunch together. They started dating. Two weeks in, he unofficially proposed to her. They became officially engaged on their prom night. They were going to save up. This is, yeah, no. They knew they were going to get married, so they wanted to save money for the wedding. So Mm -hmm. they weren't going to buy tickets to prom. And my dad said, well, let's let's go out on that night anyway, just you and me, and just have fun. Surprised her with two tickets to prom. They became officially engaged on prom night. But yeah, so they got married when they were 18 and stayed together. But here's the part that gets really personal. Uh, My dad died when I was 18. Mm. And they were married for 32 years until my dad passed away. And he actually passed away a week after their 32nd wedding anniversary. So when I think about soulmates, it's hard for me to say that you do just get one. Because my mom is my favorite person. She's the most incredible woman I know that my dad and her were meant to be together, you know, meant to have me and my siblings, but I can't imagine that now she's just done. And she truly, the funny thing is that because she got married so young, she is not, you know, like, obviously, if she could have her way, my dad would still be here, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she's talked to me before and said, I have spent more of my life married than I did single Single. and so there are times when I'm able to make decisions by myself that were always compound decisions always Mm -hmm. had to you know if I want if it's this these shoes or these shoes I'm gonna buy both of them because it's my money and I want them if I want to buy a couch for the living room I'm gonna do it I don't have to answer to anybody so she said before that she doesn't think she'll ever get remarried she doesn't think that you know she finds she would love to find someone to spend her time with and she's she had one kind of significant relationship after my dad died a couple years after um but besides that you know she's really just sort of like I'm my my job is to raise my kids and I get you you know so to, oh my god, this was such a long spiel to basically get to the <laughs> point of I grew up believing in soulmates. However, based on what has happened in my life, yes. I don't know if I truly believe that there is one person that you're destined to be with. And then once, you know, because what if they die? What I, if something happens, you know? So so are you destined to be alone after that? Yeah. I just can't, I can't believe that that would be. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. Like, I didn't know this, but actually my dad passed away just, I think, just over a year and a half, two years ago. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree that you can find the person, a, a person mm-hmm. that is just about perfect for you. Yeah. But I think the idea of the one that you can only find one person is silly. Like, I think I think your story and, like, a similar story of, of my parents, like, my dad joined the drama club that my mom was in. They were together in that drama club for a couple of years. And, like, my dad can't act, couldn't act <laughs> for shit. He was, like, uh, he, like, went on to be an engineer. But he was, like, oh, I want to join this because, like, I can meet people and meet ladies. And it worked out really well for them and, and that whole thing. But I think that when you find someone you click with... That's the most important thing. But the yeah. idea that there's only one person, I think, is silly. Because I think that you should always be looking for your person. And if that person's within seven miles of you, <laughs> that's great. It's just as applicable. So do you think you funny. could meet your person through this dating app? Yeah. I don't I don't think it's... I think it's... 
I mean, if you want to look at stats, I think it's less likely because there's less people in seven miles. But I I think any relationship I start could be the relationship that I go my whole life. That like lasts. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really a person that looks for like like short, super short term or like one night stand relationships. Mm -hmm. And I know some people do, and if that fulfills them, that's great. But I'm really someone that's like, oh, like let's let's start and we'll see where we go. Yeah, we'll see where it happens. And if that ends up being forever. Fucking A. That's great. That's what, that's what I want. <laughs> that's what you want. That's great, yeah. Uh, well, this actually leads me to a question. I feel like we've kind of already answered it, but still, officially, Ross Clark, do you believe in love? I I definitely believe in love. You yeah, yeah, love? yeah. I think love is definitely a real thing. And, like, I I think there's there's two descriptions of love. There's, like, the completely analytical, scientific thing where it's like, oh, you know, pheromones, and it, it works for, like people making babies and stuff but i think mm-hmm. besides all that as like a human being on the planet like love is a thing that connects two people in a beautiful way and yeah. if you feel that and the other person feels that like there's no reason to deny it like i think like when you're in love and you feel love like that's true beauty and that's you should hold on to that for as long as you can and then when that love's gone you should let it go and enjoy the time you had in love. That's so beautiful. Yeah. That is really, really beautiful. And maybe it's just me, but I feel like, because um, I've never been in a relationship and, and I've never been in love, but uh, I feel like a lot of the past, I'm still sort of in it. I feel like a lot of my more, let's see, the the involvements I've had that have affected me most I'm still so close to that mm. it, I'm still a little bitter about them. Yeah. Um, and would you say that you've experienced that or do you do you think that you have successfully exited relationships being like, all right, this, you know, because sometimes I feel like I kind of look at things like, what the fuck was the point of that? Like, why yeah. did I have to go through that? So I, I think other people have had better luck with me or better success, I guess, because it's not really a thing of luck of exiting relationships. I know people that their exes they're still really great friends with Mm -hmm. but i've never been able to achieve that i'm always a little distant but i think that's a failing on my part i'm a big person i'm a big um proponent of like constant self-improvement so i hate to look at things of like look back at a period of my life and be like that whole thing was terrible Mm -hmm. i think any experience you go through you can have good things you can take out of it and bad things you can learn from so all of my past relationships i don't look at at a negative light obviously if they ended there's negative aspects to them and either that's on my end or the other person's end but i think every relationship i've had i've matured and i've i've learned something from so going forward i I feel like i can have a better i can be more fulfilling to the other person i'm with right yeah i don't know if that answered your question yeah no i no i think that that's really great i feel like you kind of look at it from more of an analytical perspective do you feel that way or do you I think that despite myself, I look at that that way. Because mm-hmm. I think I think when I want to look at my life and I'm like, oh, who am I? I, I have a very romantic view. Mm-hmm. But when I'm in the moment, I have a very analytical view. <laughs> Those really clash. Um, I wish I was a romantic, but I feel like I'm very analytical despite myself. But I feel like, I, I, I mean, that there there's good and bad in both of those. Cause, because I feel like... When you're analytical, it could kind of get to a point where 
uh, you can look at something and be like, this is bad for this reason. Or, you know, maybe I should back out because statistically speaking, this may be, you know, not saying that... I feel like I'm applying like, ooh, math no, no. person. And you're not. You're not inaccurate. I, I think it's. I think it's more than anything else. It's a defense mechanism. Yeah. Like I've. I've. I've been through a lot, and and I think the the only thing I'm able to fall back on is like I'm a person that's like I feel this way, but I I know from from everything I've learned that relying on your emotions is generally a bad thing to do. So the best thing to do is look at like. Is like make a list and like make it look at it like look at it objectively. But as someone that like enjoys like loves reading and the arts and like is in a field that's more creative, and you are an and, artistic person. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. I, I I hope I hope that I can call myself an artistic person. So every time I do that analytical approach, I feel that it helps me in a situation. But also a little part of me is like, but that's not like the vibe you want to be. It's like the conflict between the person I am and the person uh-huh. I want to be. That's so interesting. But, you know, I, I, oh my God, you saying something about relying on your emotions and how that's usually a bad thing. I am a ball of emotion. I am not a sensible person when it comes to love. And it's, um, I'll talk about. I'm not either. Well, I feel like maybe no one is, but especially, um, uh, Bumba Boy, who was the first person I dated in Los Angeles. Oh, we, we, you did my profile and then told me all about Bumble Boy when you were in the throes of romantics. Oh with my him. God, I remember that too. Uh, and then Ross was all like, oh, invite him to this party you're having. And I was like, I can't just do that, Ross. I have to take things slow or else he'll get weirded out. But that's, um, you know, it's, it's truly looking at, all perspectives of who he was as a person, hmm. I should have been able to be like, this is not but like that... this is not going to work out. But when you care about someone, exactly, you you know you have your big old dumb feelings, and and you have to deal with that because yeah. and, and that's when I when I try to get over people um, when I was when I had ended that relationship and was trying to move on. I, you know, tried to find comfort in those things that, well, he drinks too much and he's not help. making time for it you. Doesn't it help. doesn't help yeah. at all. It's, I, it's very difficult. Yeah, I, I completely agree that it's like that aspect of my personality and that aspect that you work on is it's so frustrating because you end up just in this conflict for yourself where you're like, I know this is a good choice for me. Like logically, when I look at it and I, I, I write it down or whatever, I, I think about it, I know that like this, this and this means that this relationship won't work out or I was good for leaving it, but I just don't feel that way. And, like, there's nothing your, like, intelligent human brain can do <laughs> yeah. to make your heart feel another way. And uh-huh. that's, that's just what being a, a person is. I think the uh, situation of knowing something's a bad decision or knowing that you're in a relationship that isn't good for you and wanting to stay in it is so common because of that thing. Because you're like... But I really like. But I, I don't know if like love's them. too strong a word, but like yeah. I really want to be with them, and uh-huh. like it feels so good when I'm with them. And then you're like, but all this stuff you don't like, and like you said before you started this relationship that if any of this happened, you wouldn't be into it. And you're like, yeah, yeah but I feel so different now. <laughs> it, but it's so different when you are all snuggled up together. Yeah. Oh and, my gosh! Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The snugs. That's that's my weakness. So we've talked about soulmates and the one and all that. And we don't necessarily believe in like the one. But there is a one. There is a one. If you find a one, 
are you gonna get married and can i come yeah sure definitely <gasps> um i don't think i would i would turn that down i think my perfect like my perfect wedding is i would love to be married to someone that doesn't buy into the whole like oh i gotta use three months salary on a ring and blah mm-hmm. blah so this is super nerdy and like super lame but tell my, me my my dream is to handcraft my own ring shut up i, I want to because i know there are people that are like yeah like i'm a metallurgist and i craft i do like wedding rings and stuff mm-hmm. and like if you pay me like whatever the cost of the ring is plus like a certain amount like i'll let you be there and help me do it like that seems so cool to me okay and my dream person would be like they wouldn't be like oh it has to be like diamonds that cost you three months salary salary because a ring is just uh, a representation of your love. And it's I a think, symbol. Yeah. And I think a symbol can be anything. So not that it wouldn't be nice and mm-hmm. I wouldn't put money into it. But yeah. like, why would we spend a bunch of money on a wa- ring or a wedding ceremony if we can get the same amount of enjoyment out of something cheaper that yeah. then goes well? So I think my dream wedding would be like a bunch of people at like a nice green foresty place and then like a big bonfire a bunch of drinks a barbecue not super expensive but super fun so i should wear wedges to the wedding because it'll be in some sort of greenery and forest okay yeah it'll be it'll be pretty cash like okay pretty cash wedding Um, like uh like polo shirts and button downs no ties no ties needed. no ties no ties needed i'm never a ties guy (laughs) that's amazing um i yeah, I think that... What? What? Tell me. I will wear a kilt, though. Are you going to wear a kilt in your wedding? Absolutely, yeah. And if any of my family comes that's from Scotland, uh-huh. I'll ask if they want to, but I, I want to represent with my clan tartan. I think that'll be fun. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, Do you yeah. have, like, a family like a family crest? Like, so, I'm, I'm Clark, okay. and Clark is a subsect of Clan Cameron, so I would wear the Clan Cameron colors and crests and stuff. Okay. Yeah, when yeah. you say colors, do you mean like a kilt is a certain so color? So the kilt it... has a, a certain pattern. Okay. It's um, uh, tartan. Mm-hmm. So each clan has a different tartan and Clan Cameron has a specific tartan. So I'd wear a, a kilt of that tartan. Okay. Yeah. So I have to ask you now, if you marry someone who is like Jewish or mm. you marry someone who has their own traditions... Are you going to, I mean, can you combine, I mean, I feel like a lot of people combine traditions. Yeah, and I think, I think if you have a partner that's super hardline on that, Mm -hmm. I personally would have a problem with that. I don't think I would ever, I don't think my vibe in life is to ever marry someone that that's so important to them that Mm -hmm. they can't compromise. Right. I'm all about compromise. Okay. Well, that was going to be the question is, uh, would you both compromise? Would you compromise for her? Would would, you? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't say like, oh, you can't do any of your traditions. Mm -hmm. I have to do all of mine. But I think someone asking me to completely erase all of my traditions for theirs, I think that's unfair enough. That's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I completely get that. 50-50, we'll figure it out. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Excited for that wedding. That's going to be a good, that's going to be (laughs) a good old time. That'll be an interesting wedding. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But this is also great because I talk to people about their weddings and what they want, and it just makes me excited for the future. For general weddings? Oh, general weddings. How many weddings have you been to? In my adult life, I've been to two weddings. I have been to two weddings of people that I knew in high school, and it's been interesting. Before my first wedding, and it was people that I knew were going to get married. They had been dating since their freshman year of high Mm -hmm. school. I thought it was going to be weird we actually started a tradition. It's only been two, so we could definitely break this, but I kind of, I would kind of want this. But 
before I went to my friend Shelby and David's wedding, and Shelby listens to this podcast, so she might be Hi, discovering Shelby. this. Hi, Shelby. I was at my friend John's place, and we were both friends with her in high school, and her, uh, or his dad was also invited, because their mm. parents were all, they all knew each other. And I got to his place before the wedding, we were all going to go together, and he was like, who wants to take a shot before the wedding? Who wants to, who wants to take a shot? And we were crack. John and I were cracking up because we're like, Lee, what are you doing? And he poured us all fireball shots and oh. we, and we took shots of fireball mm, before the wedding. Not a fan. And, uh, really? I hate cinnamon. Ooh, you hate cinnamon. Don't like it at all. That's very interesting. So we did fireball shots before the wedding, which loosened my tongue up a little bit, but we thought it was going to be so weird. Like, oh no, we're so old. People are getting married, and I watched Shelby walk down the aisle and just tears streaming down my face and was like, this is so... No, it's not weird. It's beautiful. It's It's amazing. And truly, watching people that you knew at their... You know, when they were young and stupid and all that, and then watching them stand up in front of someone that they love and saying these vows... Yeah. It gets it's very beautiful. emotional. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's emotional. I went to my friend Shelby's wedding. I went to my friend Perrin's wedding, which was the following year. And yeah, I love weddings. And I love love. And so, of course, yeah. I love weddings. And and I would be lying if I didn't say that, you know, I was standing there being like, wonder if I will ever have this. <laughs> oh, I mean, it comes, it comes, like, it's always prevalent in my mind because my, um... My dad proposed to my mom at someone else's wedding. I but, would never allow that. Well, well, okay, okay. Because I know that most people that say that are like, oh, like, don't make a scene mm-hmm. when it's my time. But my dad did it in the, the chillest way ever. We're still like, super cash. They're like, in love. have been together a long time. Mm-hmm. Like a couple years. And they're dancing at, I think it's my mom's sister's wedding. And they're dancing. And my dad is like, Hey, while they're dancing on the dance floor after the the bride and groom have had their first dance and everything, they're just like, hey, we should do this. And my mom's like, what, dance more? And he's like, no, we should we should get married. And she's like, oh, oh okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, cool. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's the I... best way, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. For me personally, <laughs> I want... I want you want the whole thing. A proposal, and I'm not saying. Do you do you want a proposal where? Okay, so there's two types of proposals. Okay, tell me the two types of proposals. There's a proposal where it's a hundred percent a surprise, mm-hmm. and a proposal where it's like, "Hey, we should get married. Let's, let's go ring shopping together." But then the actual moment is a surprise. Which one do you want? I, hmm, I think that I would want more of a surprise i mean i would want the person to know i was gonna say yes first but whether do you want to was... tell them that you want to say yes no i want oh. them to gather that information from other people welcome welcome or their feelings oh welcome to guys being terrified of dating and relationships of like wait do they want this but this i also don't necessarily okay part of me I would like a proposal if it was in front of people. I would want it to be my closest friends. Oh, I would never propose in front of other people. Okay, well, I would. I would want it to either be just us, private. Yeah, that's the move. Or if it had to be in front of other people, or if you were like, this is something that you, you know, that that would be important. Yeah, yeah. Just in front of close friends. I actually do have a friend who he 
found out that his boyfriend had an idea of how to propose to him and it was going to be uh or so he he was talking to his boyfriend and of course they're two men in a relationship and so yeah. we've he and i have talked about this um and he's been like there are really no rules when it yeah comes because to it's that. yeah yeah it's two men so it's like what do we do is there someone who proposes do i have to counter propose yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. do i do and he was like, honestly, it's just going to be whoever proposes first, first truly. Yeah. And so uh, his his boyfriend kind of hinted that he had an idea of how to propose. And he said, okay, as long as it's not in front of other people. And his boyfriend had been planning on proposing to in him. In front like, of other people? In fr- like on stage at a concert oh, in no, front no, no, of no, 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 no. a bunch of other people. And my friend was like, no, like I, that's <laughs> not do what, that. don't do that. That's not what I want. So I wouldn't want it in front of a million other people yeah uh my so david and shelby who i've already mentioned when they got engaged they had someone there taking pictures but he was like sneaky yeah, yeah he not was like right surprise yeah. i'm gonna take pictures um but yeah no i want the i want the down on one knee i want I, th- I think that's fair and and as a guy like that would be great it's like to be down like as long as i surprise them in the moment uh-huh. that that's what i want and that that might be old fashioned or whatever because but in whatever, a perfect world it's like yeah but if that's what both people want that's great yeah. and i i have to say my perfect proposal it was stolen by a sales ad from like 2009 wait a second i really okay wait hold on we might be thinking of the same i was in my brain thinking of this is proposal is is it when they're like in italy and the dude's like yelling no okay i don't think so okay cuz mine is like they're like in like some Italian plaza and the dude's like, he's like, hey, I really love you. And she's like, oh yeah. And then he just starts yelling like, I love this woman. I love this woman. And they're like, and she's like, stop, stop. And he's like, okay, I guess this will have to do. And then he goes down <gasps> on one knee and proposes to her and it's like, oh, that's so good. I like, remember that. I know exactly yeah, what you're talking yeah. about. I'm like, oh, you fucking stole that from that me. That is, oh, that's a really good one. My personal favorite, and it was, I don't know if it was for Zales, but it was definitely for a jewelry yeah. store. Um, but it was a man who, t- while his uh, while his girlfriend was sleeping, tied a red string around her ring finger and then like went across the street within the whole commercial is him like unrolling this string and he stands on the roof opposite of their apartment and he puts the ring on the string and like like, sends it down and so it like obviously it doesn't go right on her finger but but it it, it goes to like that's and I was like fuck and I'm not expecting that proposal that's a lot it makes me me mad how well those commercials are like oh that would be good though Mm -hmm. like that would be a great one though it would be so so good i just want i want down on one knee yeah at least so i'll say like i'm no matter what relationship i'm in just to where we are in society Mm -hmm. and men and women and whatever i just assume that i'm gonna be the one that proposes but if my significant other which i'm 99 percent sure will be a woman because that's what i'm into Uh uh-huh if she proposes to me, that would be so fucking cool. And I would be super into it. And be like, whoa! Like, that would really <laughs> take me off guard. And I'd be like, awesome. But do um should do you think boys should wear engagement rings? Men, I guess. Well. I actually don't. Do, do men usually wear engagement no. rings? Usually no? it's the girl who wears the engagement ring. 
I, I have um, a friend, Luke Mayer, he's getting married this summer, and we were kind of talking about it, and he, and I really want to get him on this podcast, because he is getting married. Oh, he's, so it's like, it's, you yeah. get to the heart, where it's like, oh, I know you're in love, like, yes, I got the like love here. like you are, and he, you know, yeah. is marrying the first girlfriend love he's oh ever my gosh, had. Oh like really? His, yeah. Oh, that's, that's Doesn't, yeah, love. no, I want that. Yeah, he's yeah. already said that he would do this podcast, so Luke, you better not turn back on your decision. <laughs> you have to do it, Luke. Yeah, Luke, come on. Um. But he he even said, kind of as a joke in passing, he's like, "Dude, I wish men could wear engagement rings because yeah. he he wants to show it. Up. Why not?" Let's- I, I I mean, if, yeah, I okay. If she proposed to me and had an engagement ring, would gladly wear it. I think if I was proposing, I wouldn't make one for myself. Yeah, but if no, at some point I, she yeah. was like, "I want you to wear one too," definitely would. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sure, that'd be fun. Yeah. I, I just like the vibe of like a, a ring. Yeah, and the right. sooner I can get one, the better. But yeah. I'm not, I'm not really one for like stones. I just want the band. Yeah, you just want the band. I yeah. get that. I and it's funny because Natalie was talking about this where she was sort of talking to all of us and was like, "We're kind of at the age where you should tell us what kind of <laughs> ring you so that want. your when your friends ask yes. you like." You gotta... Exactly. So when a significant other is like, hey, I'm gonna propose, what kind of ring do they want? Or if they... You know, and that's not to say that men are totally hopeless or that someone wouldn't... If if someone dated someone for long enough, I would hope that they kind of know their style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and so... um, But she was like, we should probably have an idea if they come to you and for like, help mm, yeah you should have kind of an idea of, that's like smart. i know well i know like what natalie would want for an engagement ring like what, we've what we've talked so this is so interesting because i've never even thought about this mm-hmm. but now that you bring it up i'm like that's smart like yeah it's it's probably years away uh-huh. or whatever but I mean, having that in the memory index and, is a good idea. Yeah, and also I feel like a a guy who is dating a girl should be comfortable enough with her friends, men or women, doesn't matter, should be comfortable enough with their friends. And trust them enough. And trust them enough yeah. to come to them and say, hey, I'm planning this thing. What can we do about yeah, definitely, it? definitely. What definitely. information can you give me to yeah. help me along in this subject? Um but I do know. Maybe outside of the pot, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what Natalie is looking for. I want for. all those details. That'll be fun. Uh, what about those two? Those are those are some. They're oh, they're, they're in, fantastic. They're in they're, love. They're they're Yikes. the most competitive relationship I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. You know about their their thing, right? That they talk about whenever they go on double dates. Oh, how they outlast everyone yeah. they double dated with. Where it's like it's like a joke, but it's not a joke. Where they're like, oh, mm-hmm. we'll go on a double date, just so you know. We've outlasted everyone we've double dated on, which like it is a fun like between friends, like oh mm-hmm. haha, that's true. Yeah, but also they have and is a hundred percent true. I've talked to Natalie about this, where I said I will have to feel very comfortable in a relationship before, before I want to double date them. with you. They so them specifically. This will get onto another whole topic. <laughs> Good. But... <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do um, it. We haven't even talked names yet. We but, haven't even talked names but... yet. I'm trying to find a good way to transition, but I don't want it to be no. unnatural. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe this will do it. But, um, so they, um, they are the exception to the rule, I believe, of long distance relationships. Yes. I generally believe that long distance relationships are not a good idea. Mm-hmm. 
they're a hundred percent the exception to the rule. And I'm not saying that in a malicious way. Like I think just generally as people, because I don't believe in the one, mm-hmm. I think uh, absence make the makes the heart grow fonder, right? Right. But the original saying is absence makes the heart grow fonder for those that are close at hand. The original saying is basically when you're away from your significant other, you'll be more into the people that are around you. Which makes sense. As human beings, as people that have evolved on planet Earth, obviously you're more into those people that you interact with and are around with. And there's no grudge against that. There's no problem with that. That's just how people work. Long distance relationships are super tough. Like, I think it's easy to enter a long distance relationship Mm -hmm. and it's super hard to leave one. Mm -hmm. Like, it's one of those things where at the start, because as a function of... Sorry, I huge burp there that I didn't want everyone to hear. Um, as a function of how they work, you have to enter into them before you've ever experienced one. If it's your first time, and then, so you're like, oh, we can do it, we can make it. And then as it drags out, you're like, maybe we can't. Maybe this is tough. Well, maybe it's this funny is really because hard. I feel like where I am uh, in my life and having not been in a relationship before, I don't think I could ever do a long distance relationship. Yeah, like, or if I ever did one, it would have to be, I mean, hopefully I'd be super it, it, it would have to be. Yeah. And I, because I don't have a, I, I, I hesitate to say normal relationship experience, but I don't necessarily know if I could enter into a relationship with someone and then have it immediately be long distance. Yeah. Because I've never experienced a short distance, short distance relationship, relationship, you know? And, I, so and I don't have that experience. Because if you date someone short distance, you know them, you care about them, and that will hopefully be enough to carry you yeah. until well, the next time you see them in a perfect world. It's, it's tough though. Like mm-hmm. I, I've experienced long distance relationships and it's definitely easier to make the, um, on both ends to make the statement like, we're going to do it. We're going to make mm-hmm. it happen. And then because you've made a definitive statement or a definitive promise, it's so much harder because you're like, it's always looming over you that you don't want to talk about these problems you're having. Cause you're mm-hmm. like, I already made the promise. Whereas in a, in a relationship where you're together, you can talk about every little thing that comes up. Right. As it comes up, it just grows and grows and grows until it becomes a huge issue. Like, I I definitely, based on my personal experience, and, and obviously people are different, everyone's different, I would never enter into a long-distance relationship again. I would say, hey, like, this has been great, but it seems like you're going to be out there for a long time. Like, we should not be together for a while. And, and if I end up being out there... We can get back together and it'll be great. Here's a question. Mm. Do you believe in open relationships? Do you believe in taking breaks? Sorry, open relationships is not the best way to say it. Do you believe in taking breaks? So that's an interesting question. When I was with Valerie, Mm -hmm. um, first ref to We're getting to the codings Um, finally. Oh my God. I... I was asked at one point whether I was into an open relationship or taking a break and I was pre- having ever done that before and I was like mm-hmm. no absolutely not like and she was is... your longest relationship yes at this yes point, she was my right? longest yeah, relationship okay. like a hair under two years and I was like very much like no like either we stay together or we break up mm-hmm. which I still think was the move that I would do long term but I think if someone I think if you're interested in open relationships 
that is discussed at the start of that specific relationship. Like, mm-hmm. if you're like, hey, I'm into open relationships, that comes up on the fifth or sixth date. That okay. doesn't come up eight or nine months in because mm-hmm. it's not what you signed up for. And I think that looking back, I would have the wherewithal and the strength to say, no, like, if you're interested in that, you really should... I'm you sorry, I'm laughing. You get so Scottish when you drink. <laughs> it, 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 I swear <laughs> to God, it just more happens more the more Scottish I drink. As time goes it on, happens. and I've just been cracking up yeah. about it. My, my first so, week so of college, sorry. I got wine drunk in a dorm, and I literally people were like, "I can't understand you," and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" I um, I did have a friend who started speaking <laughs> Spanish when he was really really angry. It just happened, and I was like, "You're I can't." Oh, anger can't doesn't understand. as well. Yeah, yeah no, he he got really angry, and then he would like be ranting and ranting and ranting and all of a sudden and it was in like, Spanish and I, I was like I don't know I can't I can't English, understand please. you I can't understand you I love you I want to help you I can't speak yeah, oh yeah. no sorry I, I'm oh, no, no, so sorry no, to no, interrupt no, no, you no, I was just no, cracking totally. up about that I'm glad we addressed it yes no but like sorry what was the question <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about long distance relationships oh, yeah. yeah yeah so like I I think um my move is I wouldn't enter into one mm-hmm. because or, or open relationships. Instead. Open relationships. I think I think yeah. if from pretty much the get go within the first couple of dates or feeling someone out over the first five or six dates, you're like, yeah, I'm more into an open relationship. I think that's totally fine. I think people have great open relationships, and I think casual relationships are totally fine. Like mm-hmm. I personally have. I'm a really awkward, anxious person okay. overall. Yeah. So I. Don't think I'd ever be comfortable in that. Yeah. Um, but I definitely know people that could be and that are, and that's totally fine. I don't see a problem with that. I think that if you enter into a monogamous, uh, monogamous, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the Tiger's boy. Oh, he's love a, drunk. Mo- <laughs> well, that's the name of the podcast. Yeah, right? he's a love drunk boy. I think a monogamous relationship that enters that way there should be an expectation that that's the plan. Right. I think unless you bring it up pretty close to the, the start, start of, of the it, yeah. that that's how it should end. And I think bringing it up closer to a big decision or something is a way to say, hey, we're sort of changing what we started on. I feel on. like it's an easy way out. Exactly. Yeah. Because um, when I was asked that, because I was asked that at one point, if they'd be into an open relationship or a relationship where, or a break, mm-hmm. to me that is saying, hey, the person that is less into this relationship is free to pursue other op- pursue other options, uh-huh. whereas the one that is more into this relationship will wait and see what it. happens. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which I, I I understand why that's brought up, but mm. I personally was like, no, I don't see that as being a good result for a long-term relationship. So right. I personally think if you get to the point where you think you need to ask for an open relationship or it's, need to ask for a break, it's, it's kind better of to say, over. hey, let's let's not date anymore. Yeah. And if we somewhere down the road get back together, mm-hmm. that's great. I'm not against getting back together after you break up Ooh, if, okay. if okay. it's sort of a, a good point to break off. Mm-hmm. I think if it's a thing where it's like, oh, we'll just try this for a while and see how it goes. I think that's just a way to sort of hold on to one trapeze yeah. and grab the next one uh-huh. and the person that's a le- that's more invested ends up getting the the cold shoulder yeah. and is like well I was still hoping this would work uh-huh. out 
So, unfortunately, I found out when I was editing Ross's episode that the last 20 to 30 minutes was corrupted or something, so I missed out on that, but very fortunately, Ross is such a trooper, and he came back over, and we're going to record the end of it. We had some shots of Tito's. Yeah. We're feeling good. (laughs) He's going to answer my last couple questions, so uh, yeah, let's get started. Any excuse to hang out with my new best friend, Charlotte? (sighs) Stop. He's he's making me blush. All right, let's just get right into it. So we got to talk about uh, favorite love songs and breakup songs. Yes. Did I tell you that this was like when I was um, in the gym after you told me that mm-hmm. you were going to do this, I got to the part and I think it was chances uh-huh. while I was running and I was like, fuck, I got to think about what, what I'm You got to plan for this, this yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, everything else is like just off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but songs, like that's definitely something you got to think about. Oh yeah. I think uh, when I recorded Nat's episode, she was like, let me check my Spotify mm. and her phone was dead. Classic Natalie. So but, she had to just, so she just had to, she had to wing it. She had to come up I with it off the top of her that. head. <laughs> hey, hey, this was better one. Love Drunk is full of, of regrets. Not actually. I thought you said one of the rules is no regrets. <laughs> no, one of my rules is no apologies. No apologies We're not so. apologizing. I think my, I failed on that. Uh, yeah. No, I think I don't know. Maybe maybe only once. But I think that my my probably the regrets I have on Love Junk are um, that we don't get to certain stories or that we don't yeah. talk about certain yeah, yeah. things. Because there's so much to talk about with love. Exactly. There's yeah. just so much. But that's why everyone's everyone's getting a part two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like legitimately so excited if we get a part two. Ross, we can just get drunk and talk about love and not record it. Like, I, that's a thing we literally can do. Literally, whenever you okay, want. Okay, let's do whenever it. All want. right, now I know. Now I know I can just hit you up. And mm-hmm. You should have You should have been there last night. I had a glass mm. of rosé, and I was just like... Just one Let glass. me talk about... Literally, it's... Oh, my God. It was so bad. I, I hadn't <laughs> I hadn't been drinking in a little while. <laughs> that's, I love Mitch's episode where he's like, yeah, we split half a can of Four <laughs> Loco and then talked about our deepest, darkest secrets. I'm like... Yes, uh-huh. that's how it works. But anyway, so back to love songs and breakup songs. Oh, okay. Talk so about it. What? You, what's your favorite love song? Your favorite breakup song? Okay, so <clears throat> favorite is not the right word. It's the um the one that works yes, the best exactly. For you. So um I think that love songs and breakup songs work very differently. Right. Love songs, I for me at least are it's every relationship I have new love songs because like. Love songs for me are songs that you bond over. So with um, with Valerie, mm-hmm. we really bonded over like Neil Young, which okay. was like I don't know, but right when we started dating, we found out that we really like Neil Young. So we'd listen to Neil Young all the time. So like, I have um, like Harvest Moon. If you're familiar with Neil Young's I'm not discography, super familiar. I will was like a big one for me because like mm-hmm. we would just be driving and I'd listen to that song and we'd be like, oh, this is great, but. Breakup songs, I feel like, is a lot more personal because when you're in a relationship, it's it's you two finding a song together, yeah. whereas when you're in a breakup, it's 100% you. Mm-hmm. So for breakup songs, my ultimate breakup song is Sober by Childish Gambino okay. from, uh, cannot remember the album, <laughs> I know exactly what it looks like, was listening to it today. Oh my gosh. But, uh, because it's... So when I broke up with Athena, Mm -hmm. that was the first time that it had been like a really sudden breakup. And it was something that I, I think the previous breakups I had, I at least partially was like, yeah, I knew this was going to happen or I initiated them. But this was the first one where I was really like, no, I don't want to break up with you. Like, this is going great. And she was like, no, I'm done. So I was like 
crying and felt Aww. terrible. So she was the one who ended things. Yeah, yeah, okay. she was the one that ended things, and I was a I like looking back, I'm a little embarrassed because I was a hundred percent the one who was like, no, we can like make it, and I'd be like, I'd, hey, like, text I like. I don't think her you and... should ever be embarrassed about well, wanting something to work. I think it's like once you have perspective of looking back, mm-hmm. you're a lot more like, yeah, that was the time to be done. And if if they don't want it, then that's like if. You can't make a relationship without two people, so yeah. it's it's silly to try and, like, make someone interested again, uh-huh. but it's so much harder to just be like, yeah, okay, I get, I understand well, that. Well, see, and done. that's, it, you know, it, I totally agree with that, because with Bumble Boy, I ended things even though I feel like I was the one who was more emotionally involved in that. Oh, wow, and it really? Was, yeah, yeah. Which was probably, honestly, the coolest thing I've ever done. Why? Wait, what? Why did you end? Wait. Because I more... could tell that he wasn't as emotionally invested oh, as no. I was. Oh, wow. So I was the one who was like, we can make this work, we can oh. fix this. But I had to have like a moment with myself. And let me tell you, I was talking to Chance about I was texting Chance in the middle of the night about it and early in the morning. I told Natalie the next day. And when I was talking to them, I was like, crying just like I think I have to end this because like I don't think it's what I want they're like yes yes if it's not what you want then end it and so it was it was like truly a very very difficult decision because I feel like I I probably would have been the one championing 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 yeah oh gosh these drinks got me like (laughs) anyway (laughs) um I would have been the one who was like we can make this work we can fix it but I realized that if I had continued to just kind of be, like, dragged along in this, it yeah. wouldn't have been what I wanted, Honestly, ultimately. that is, like, the epitome of, like, strength. <laughs> and, like, being, like, a an adult that's looking out for your own, like, mental and emotional mm-hmm. well-being. Like, knowing that you're more involved than the other person. And instead of being, like, I'm going to try and make this work. Being, like, this is not healthy long-term. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank I've you. never been able to do that. I either am the one that's less invested or uh-huh. I'm the one that's like, no, I can make it work. Yeah. Like, we can make it work. And let, like, let me tell you, this is the first and only time I've ever done that. Ever. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, maybe maybe your girl is growing up a little bit. Well, good good for you. Thank you. That's amazing. Thank you. Um, but but so, Sober by yes. Childish Gambino. I, um, so I broke up with, or Athena broke up with me, and mm-hmm. I was really sad about it, and, like, I, it was over winter break, and semester was just starting back up for, I think, my junior, no, sophomore year, and I, like, had to go work on a set for a couple days, and I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, I feel terrible, and I think when you don't feel good, and you allow yourself to do a lot more, like, stuff you would normally do, so it's just, yeah. like, buying stuff, and, like, drinking, and mm-hmm. eating a lot. You're very and, much like, I deserve Yeah, this. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm going through feeling, a rough time, yeah. like, whatever, I'll do it, which uh-huh. is not, I try and not do that mm-hmm. as much anymore, but, so I was, like, already in that mindset, and then I listened to Sober, and it's, like... Now that it's over, I'll never be sober. And I'm like, I can get into this. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, something that is telling me, like, it sucks to break up and, like, I won't feel the same way anymore. And because of that, like, that is a legitimate excuse to, like, indulge yourself in ways that are unhealthy. But mm-hmm. I think in a certain way, like, breakups are terrible and they hurt. But, like, there's a tiny part of you that's like, cool, now I can do anything and my excuse can be like, yeah, but I got broken up with, so I can do this. 
So like, You're like yeah. I have an excuse. Yeah, so like, I know. I'm not proud of it, but mm-hmm. I was definitely like day drinking for a couple days mm-hmm. and just being like, I'll just go eat like whatever. Who gives a shit? Like I'll yeah. go to a buffet and 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 if anyone's like, that's not healthy, he'll be like, yeah, but. I just, I'm going through a lot right now, yeah. so you can't, you can't judge me. I'm very much into self-love and self-care, and, and I think that sometimes those things can be a little <laughs> destructive, but I yeah. also feel like, maybe this is just idiotic, but maybe being a little self-destructive is, is the self-care, self-care you that you need yeah. at the time, because yeah. obviously we can't continue to have you know, you can't financially and just like health wise, you can't continue to do <laughs> the same for forever. But you kind of need those little excuses of like, hey, I'm going through this right now. This isn't how it's always going to be. Yeah. But if I ever deserved to treat myself, yeah, it is right now. now in this moment. Yeah. So I totally get that. I totally yeah. understand. So yeah, sober has helped me through a lot of, and it's and it's interesting because I. Even, like, I, I have a friend that, um, Anthony, mm-hmm. up in Seattle, he's, like, super into music, and he actually curates a playlist for me, which is <gasps> something that I will never underappreciate, because he's, like, so much more into music I am. He's just always like, check your playlist, I added more stuff. That's so but, sweet. Like, the idea of, like, having a song that you can listen to and be like, this is my total mindset, mm-hmm. and I can just agree with this, and it's it's... It, it is sort of giving me permission to just do whatever I want. It's yeah. super great. And I, and it's funny because even after I broke up with um, Athena, mm-hmm. like, I would have conversations, just like hypothetical conversations, be like, oh, like, what's your breakup song? Or you have a breakup playlist? And I, I didn't even think about it that much. I was like, oh, I mean, maybe sober or maybe other stuff. But then when I broke up with Valerie... I like went back to that song and I was like, no, this is definitely going to be the breakup song for the rest of my life. (laughs) So it's, it's, yeah, I have, um, I've talked about this before, but I have my last kind of quote unquote breakup playlist with Shambles 2K15 Mm. and it was, um, wait, is that the name of the playlist? Yeah, that's the name of the playlist is Shambles 2K15, but Maybe I guess K is thousand, so it should be twenty fifteen. But in my brain, I always 2K15 say two K fifteen because it it's it's a time and it's you know it's kind of like a joke to yeah. myself anyway. Uh, but there are times when I have gone through heartbreak or whatever, and I kind of go back to those songs because I feel like they're still applicable because I made them when I was feeling a certain kind of way, and then. It's still, like you said before, it's it's me. It's still all me in a breakup or whatever. And so I kind of go back to that and I was like, ooh. But it's it's strange because I, there's also kind of a strange nostalgia attached to yeah. it. And well, I don't know if that nostalgia is completely healthy, but what were you going to say? Well, so the thing I think is interesting about that is I know you have you say that you've never been in like a real relationship. You've never been in love. but True, yes. I, I think that, so for me, Athena, I feel like, in my heart of hearts was the first time that I toyed with the idea of maybe really being in in love with someone. Okay. And I think that that is why I like crystallized into needing a breakup mm-hmm. song. So I'm not saying that like, oh, because you have like a specific breakup playlist, yeah. that was when you were in true love. But I think I think that's uh, an, an indicative of like a high watermark of feelings. Right. So it's like when you reach out and need to create like new ways to cope with something mm-hmm. and not falling back on old stuff 
that is showing that it's like this is the most important connection I've had with someone so far. Right. So it, I don't know. I just feel like that's interesting. I, th- yeah. I feel like you don't really have a breakup song until you feel like you've really lost something. Okay. And to me, that's when you may have been in love with someone. See, and that's so interesting because I, I feel like if I had maybe like one hard opinion about love that might be an unpopular opinion, I would say that unrequited love is not the same as love. I don't think it should be called love. It's definitely an emotion. It's definitely valid. But I feel like a lot of the relationships, quote-unquote, or like, I always use the word, like, involved with, involvement, Mm -hmm. whatever, a lot of um, my past experiences have been with people who didn't really open up to me in 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 a way. And I feel like when you are in love with someone who's not in love with you or when you feel something for someone who doesn't feel that back, they don't... I don't know. In my experience, it's been that I have I have always kind of put myself completely out there and the people I've been involved with haven't given me enough back Mm -hmm. have not shared enough with me to where I don't think I could say that I love them even if I felt like I really really cared about them and you know it's just it's just something where I feel like you have to share a certain amount of yourself with someone before they can love you because they don't really know you until that point if that makes any sense at all you know and I just I I feel like no one that I have been involved with has shared enough with me or shared enough of themselves with me to where I could look at them and say, I've seen you, I know you, and I I love you, despite that. I get that. Like, I feel like, um, I feel like a lot of moments where, in past relationships I've had, where the moment that it crystallizes that I'm in love with someone, where Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll sort of know it in the back of my mind or it's unconscious but I'm like I feel really good about this person and they're really interesting to me and I really enjoy being with them and the moment that I start thinking of love is often when they share something really deep and like special to them or something Mm -hmm. that they don't like telling people they're like hey I've never told anyone this before or hey like this is something about me that might make a lot of sense but I don't tell people I feel like that sharing in that moment I feel one if it's something I have to commiserate with or be Mm -hmm. like oh I totally understand like I'm so sorry that happened to you or like oh that's amazing that you think about that that is usually the moment where like while that's going on in a separate place in my brain I'm like oh I I love this person Like, like the fact that they're sharing something so close and important to them is sort of a crystallizing moment for being like wow, this is something more than just a casual connection. But at the same time, I feel like there's... there's, I, I don't feel like you have to share everything with someone to love them. Like, there's yeah. there's definitely things that I think about or things that um, are part of me that I don't really share with anyone or that it really takes a long time to get to. And I feel like you can love someone without knowing everything about them mm-hmm. or knowing that... You know, there's some things about people that, at least for me, I'm like, that's just going to stay with me. Like, I'll <laughs> I'll keep that one right yeah. here. And maybe that'll come out at some point. And maybe I feel like you don't need to know that or that I don't want you to know that. And I can love someone and I hope that someone can love me mm-hmm. despite 
the fact that I don't share everything with them. But I definitely think sharing some things right. that are important to you is a real indicator of more than I really like where this is going to like I trust you. I, I mean I think I think love is an ex- or maybe trust is an expression of love. That's yeah, I think that that's it. And I think that me personally just with the experiences that I've had and um because I've gone this far in my life without having kind of that solidity um of a relationship it's more about like I am kind of looking for someone that I can give a hundred percent to where I can tell them, you know, my deepest, darkest secrets and, and, you know, not on like the first or second date, but yeah, like at some point, at some point yeah. where I kind of look at someone and I was in um, a playwriting class my last semester at UT and we did an exercise where we all sit around and she would, uh, my teacher would give us uh, certain sentences that we would fill in the blanks and we would write down what we thought of and then we'd write down anything that was compelling to mm-hmm. us that other people said. And one of the ones that really stuck with me was she said, I am so desperate for you to see blank and I am so scared for you to see it. Mm. And I put like, I am so desperate for you to see my baggage, but I'm so scared for you to see it. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't want to scare people off. You don't want people to look at you differently. But you do kind of want someone to, like, lighten your load a little bit. Kind of like, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to tell you these things and maybe you can understand why I am the way I am and why I react to certain things in a certain way or whatever. So I think that I look at love as total honesty. And that it's not that... I expect someone to give 100% of themselves to me, but I'm looking to give 100%, 100% of myself to, to someone. someone yeah. But then it's also weird because, you know, if you break up with that person, then they just have this. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I think I think even relationships I've had that are end up being, like, ending not in a very great light or I'm angry at them, mm. I th- at least for me, I have sort of a shield of, like, well, that's something that even if I'm, like, which I, I don't think I've ever ended a relationship with someone and being like, oh, I hate them. But yeah. I've definitely ended a relationship and be like, oh, they're not like my best friends anymore or like I'm angry at this point. But mm-hmm. I still have a shield of like, that's something they told me in confidence and that's something that I will not share because that's not, that's not cool. Like yeah. I, you know when someone's sharing something with mm-hmm. you that's like, this is very important to me yeah. and I don't want people to know. And you're like, okay, like even if I'm mad at you or even if you like hurt me or we ended on a bad note like it's not it's not I'm a bad person if I tell other people this so I'm like I'll just keep that inside that's for sure that's me too and it's not even in relationships quote-unquote but just people I've been involved with have told me certain things that I just kind of I have and I hold on to and yeah you just, yeah, you just hold on to it and you have it and it's weird, but you know, yeah. you just, you would never want to share that with someone because even if you don't, even if you're not necessarily like super friendly with that person, it would make me feel like a bad person. Yeah, to yeah. tell other people that. Yeah. That's just, that's And just... this is coming from someone who loves gossip. Like, <laughs> there's, there's gossip and then there's stuff that you're like, yeah, I can't, that's not. Uh, but yeah, so I guess. Ross, all I have left to ask you is, uh, what does love feel like? Love, to me, just feels like, oh man, I have so many different ways to express it, but it's like, mm-hmm. 
like a warmth in your chest, oh. but also just like just you're with someone and you're looking at them and like to me whenever I like crystallize a moment of being like yeah, I love this person. Because, like, not sometimes you forget, but there's a lot of times you're, like, with someone and you're really enjoying it. And then you'll have moments where you're, like, oh, yeah, I love this person. And to me, it's always when we're, like, laying in bed cuddling and we're just looking at each other. Mm-hmm. And I just have this moment of, like, oh, this would be so much. Like, I, I love being in bed. Like, <laughs> the only things I love are my bed and my mama. But, <laughs> like... With this person here, it's so much better, mm-hmm. and it's in this way that it's it's almost indescribable. Like, you're yeah. just there, and you're like, it's it's just this special ingredient that just makes everything better. And you're like, oh, like, I was going to have a normal day today, but it's just better because you're here. And I don't know what that, how to explain that, but you're like, oh, it's just, everything's a little better just because you're around. And I really, really love that feeling. I yeah. like that. I like that a lot. Thank you so much for coming back. Oh, no, I'm so this. glad I got to come back. Because literally, I was like, after this happened, I was like, oh, that's like the more fun that I've had in a long time. Aww. And it was so fun to hang out with Charlotte. And now we're besties. Yeah, and then, now we're like, I'm like, crossing my fingers, but we're like this. <laughs> like for, for like 10 seconds when you messaged me and we're like, Oh, I lost the last 20 minutes. I was like, oh, that really sucks. And I was like, oh, wait, that means I get to come back and do the podcast again. That's awesome. I tried to get it out. But I also was talking uh, recently about how I don't remember, like, the last yeah, the half la- of podcast. That's what was so hard. Is you're, I'm just like, yeah, I have no idea what I said. So <laughs> I hope it's the similar stuff. Exactly. But thank you so much for coming back. I really do anytime. appreciate it. Literally anytime. Yeah. Okay. Then this is great. So now we have so much for Ross Clark Part 2. And Part 3. And Part part 4. (laughs) (laughs) Ross just always wants to be drunk and talking about love. Uh, Follow us on Instagram at lovedrunkpod. That's also Twitter, lovedrunkpod. Follow me at oscharlotterose on Instagram, at oscharrose on Twitter. Do you have social media? Yeah, shout out Um, social media. If if anyone has listened to this podcast and been like, oh, Ross is a boy I'd like to date, (laughs) hit me up on, uh, I think it's, oh, fuck, it's uh, r.clark. Oh, no, it's, oh, oh, wait. He's got to check it. He's got to pull out his phone. Wait, you keep talking and I'll look. Ross is such a sweet, good boy. He's Scottish. He (laughs) is from both Texas. I'm trying to remember the Bumble profile we made for you, and I'm like, let me just recite that. Okay, it's, um, Ross.Clark95 on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I have some cool photos there that I take with my camera. Yeah. And I occasionally have a cool story. So if you love this podcast, just hit me up on there and I'll talk to you. Yeah, also if you just super are like, Ross is my soulmate, hit me up as well and I will get you in contact with him. <laughs> Ross is a good boy. He, I, I will vouch for that. Good sweet boy. You want to have this guy around. <laughs> But for Love Junk, this is Charlotte Rose. Thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, we love you. Good night. Good night.